Hey guys, Mike and Brad here from Office of CISO, and today we're going to be talking about cybersecurity regulations and the good, the bad, and the in-between that kind of comes with it. So stay tuned. All right, guys. So we've been reading through some articles as of late, and they all have to do with cybersecurity regulations, whether it be suspected event notifications, whether or not people should, you know, trust companies that build products, all the way down to the White House pushing out ar articles about, you know, security. Yeah, so. security. Yeah, and it's, it's comes, it'll come in the form of legislation or um, regulations as put out, but like one of the articles is by the FCC. Um, and I think we just wanted to talk through whether or not it's uh, – it's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so <clears throat> and we, we basically have three different articles and or postings that we're going to be referencing specifically for this conversation. Uh, one of them is uh, from the White House directly. It's a little fact sheet that they put out uh, back in October of 22. Basically, the, the administration delivering on strengthening America's cybersecurity, specifically uh, critical infrastructure, mm -hmm. which is a big deal, critical infrastructure for you. For those of you that don't know, that's like your water, your SCADA systems, and all power, that. Power, right? water, health systems, um, internet backbones, that kind of thing. Yeah. The things that we really rely on, not only as IT professionals, but as a society in general. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's one of them. Next one's going to be talking about some hoopla that the uh, <laughs> director of CISA came out with. I. Hoopla, I like it. Well, yeah, when we get to it, when we start talking about that one, you can see why I disagree with her so much. And then, last but not least, the FCC and their uh, accelerated breach reporting for telcos. Right. Uh, right now, it is specific to telcos, but, you know, definitions change based on what the government wants us to do, so we'll see. But, yeah, so, Brad, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with the Biden fact sheet. Okay. So it's it's a uh, I don't know an article that was published on the WhiteHouse.gov website. Uh, when was this published? Also, yeah, that's the one you mentioned was back in October. Yeah, October eleventh. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, of twenty two. Yep, yep. So it, it lays out a lot of the Biden administration's um, uh, direction for strengthening the cybersecurity of uh, critical infrastructure. So reading through the bullets and the paragraphs that are on this page, um, the, the surface level looks really good. Like the, the words on the page look really good. As long as they stay those words. Yeah, as long or, as that's what's meant by what's being said. Not necessarily stay in those words, but as long as the definitions of those words stay. And don't get stretched or changed, yeah. Yeah, so um, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, what exactly they're trying to outline or what they're trying to do with this directive well so it's like most directives they don't get into details and that's typically where the problems lies in the details but at, at a high level there they just want to improve the cybersecurity of critical infrastructure which is, is the very first bullet um, but it's it's the down the road stuff that I'm that I'm, I'm fearful of if they so they we have we have like financial regulation that requires systems that uh, deal with financial information to meet a certain list of criteria. That's the uh, Graham-Leach, Bliley, uh, GLBA. 
Um, Something we deal with a lot lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also have, we've got HIPAA, right, which deals with uh, covered entities, um, doctor's offices, um, clearing houses, uh, health clearing houses, things like that. And it prescribes requirements around um, around IT and information, protected health information within the, the healthcare industry. But the critical infrastructure, if they were to get into requiring critical infrastructure to meet a list of uh, cybersecurity bullets or whatever, I just, I don't know if that's not an overreach because of how large critical infrastructure is. Now, and I know that we've got bad guys in our SCADA systems and in our electrical grids and in our water system. They're, they're in there. I know that. But I don't know that regulation is the fix. It very rarely is. I know, I know. It very rarely is. And my main my main hang up with it is uh, critical infrastructure, as of today, includes water, backbone. You know the typical. Let's Google that real quick while, while we're doing it. And the concern is that they're going to add something to that, like you know, the internet as a whole is critical infrastructure. Okay, that's nice, but we need to be able to ban this from our users. And all of a sudden, you got a China thing coming on here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's already, like, the list of them is huge. So I'll run through real quick, just a few. Uh, chemical sector, the commercial facilities sector, communications, critical manufacturing, uh, defense, industrial-based sector, uh, like the, the dams that hold water back, energy, emergency services, financial services. I mean, lots and lots of things are covered by this, and that's just a, it's a broad swath to apply regulation and I'm afraid that it could kill some businesses in these sectors, mm-hmm. really. Um, Especially if the regulation that they apply isn't necessarily applicable to that yeah. particular use case, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if like one of them I didn't mention, food and agriculture sector. sector. You know any farmers that are up to date on their cybersecurity practices? <laughs> I tell you what, some of those John Deere tractors have some pretty cool technology in them. Yeah, that, they do. Like they drive themselves. Right, so. right, right. And, I, I mean, I, I get not wanting foreign nation to control our tractors i get it it'd be like that movie maximum overdrive where the trucks just start driving around and taking over people <laughs> is that a 90s movie it was emilio that. estevez i don't think i saw it oh man you're missing out i'll go do my research do the needful yeah but yeah i mean they outline some good things here right because their their primary focus is to, to counter ransomware attacks which obviously have wreaked absolute havoc across all industry, not just private or public. Yeah, they cripple a lot. <clears throat> Which is, it's funny because public, I mean, a lot of times, I know in our state we can't pay ransoms because right. it's considered like terrorist or right. hostage association. So um, if you're a public entity, you're SOL if you don't have cyber liability insurance or a third party that can help you out there. Right. Um, <clears throat> but they do. They, do, they have a lot of very, very vague outlines and of course we're going to put all this in the video notes but yeah uh, like working with allies and partners to deliver a more cyber secure cyberspace and it's like in addition to launching the international counter ransomware in- initiative the administration has established cyber dialogues with a breadth of allies and partners to build collective cybersecurity, formulate coordinated response and de- develop cyber deterrence except that half the time it's state actors that are doing <laughs> yeah the ransomware and the attacks which yeah. i guess that's why they say allies right yeah, and again, like the the words sound really good, but I don't know how much of that. Like, if 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 they're going to do what those words just said, um, 
it sounds to me like they're going to get involved in our networks and our communications traffic, and that's going to give them eyes to feed their ISACs and things like that. Uh, Which I, we are we are huge proponents of the ISACs. We yeah yeah so yeah, but I I don't know. It's just giving NSA and CIA and FBI more foothold. Nah, it just gives them the legal way to do what they're already doing. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair that's enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, we'll post a link to this article. I'd love, I'd actually, our opinion on this one generally doesn't matter because we're sitting here slamming the government for overreach, right? And we both work for the government <laughs> and we have for quite a while. So all of our, yeah. you know, we, we're CISOs for state agencies. So we know what it's like. And we've done a lot of work with, with federal, right? We've, we've helped them implement and develop some of this stuff. So it's kind of asinine that I have an opinion on it, but whatever. I'd agree. Well, and I, like I, I do, I, I realize what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, I do agree. Yeah. We're not trying to be those guys, but we're no. going to be those guys at the same time. <laughs> you know, speak out of both sides of our heads. But yeah, so that's the, that's the Biden-Harris administration doing their thing. Now, the next two, I'm going to save the best for last because I personally, this is a good organization, but sometimes they say things that you think really smart people shouldn't say. <laughs> So I'm going to save them for last. We're going to jump over to this Info Security article, which is done by uh, Info, Sur- Info Security Magazine. And it's specifically talking about the FCC wanting to accelerate our breach notification capability. Right. Which, and this is just for telcos right now. But, uh, and we are obviously very pro tell people when you get popped. Yeah, that way yeah, people I mean, know if their data has been compromised. <laughs> but Brad, what's the issue that we have with this one? Well, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the, their specific timeframes. I don't know if I noticed the time frame they're talking about. But a lot of the regulations will have uh, like a number of days in a, a, a breach reporting mm-hmm. scenario, and that's not of the attack, but of the like you becoming aware that you were attacked yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aware of a breach, aware of, a, of an, an, an active incident or something like that. And, and it's mostly when when individuals are, are impacted, they want those entities to tell the, the individuals that they were impacted. Right. Uh, they don't necessarily have to announce it to the world, but they have to let those individuals know somehow. And a lot of times they have to notify um, authorities. Alabama is uh, the um, attorney general's office. Yeah. gets notified. And it's on that one. It's, so in the state of Alabama, I can't remember offhand the, the requirement from a timeline perspective, but any breach that results in significant loss or risk to the constituents of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And there's the the numbers are I mean they have got numbers prescribed with it and things like that, but I don't remember what Which they we are. were we were big fans of that bill getting through our legislature. It did look at things for yeah, us. Yeah, uh, to the point that we made them re- rename it from a cybersecurity bill to a breach notification bill. Yeah. Because we wanted it very absolutely. specific. Right, right. Um, anyway, so so this one, the the reduction in in uh, breach notification timeframes, again, I get it, I totally get it, but we're we're working with like free enterprise here. We're working with companies that are trying to make a living, that are trying to pay the people that work for them, that are pr- trying to provide services. If you shrink these reporting timeframes too short, then like panic ensues and. Everybody, or, or or you start ignoring things that are like real incidents because you don't want to have to get involved in a breach notification scenario. One of the one of the references in the article says, however, there's certainly a need to update telco breach reporting rules, which are now 15 years old, as industry players continue to be a major target for threat actors. For instance, last year T-Mobile agreed to pay over 350 million dollars to settle a class action lawsuit. 
relating to a 2021 cyber attack that impacted an estimated 80 million U.S. residents. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I think the only real concern that we have here is uh, folks that do not do cybersecurity being the ones that write policy or legislation. Fair enough, yeah. Because if they come back and say a private organization needs to notify someone within an hour so, yeah, for, for of a suspected <laughs> event, I mean, that there's going to be a lot of noise that even – you know, the federal people can't even keep up with. And yeah. this one's specifically talking about getting rid of the seven-day mandatory waiting period for notifying customers, which might not be a bad idea. You know, we, we don't need to wait seven days once no. we know for a fact a breach happened. No, right? no. If, if an individual's information is lost, they need to be able to react as quickly as possible. And get LifeLock on their stuff, lock their credits. and Yeah, and, and it also, the, the, the definition of what they want reported like I've worked with a federal agency who wanted a report of a suspected incident, not even like a suspected breach, but a suspected incident within Which an is, hour. And what's broken about that is one, it's relative. Sure, what yeah. you find to be a suspected incident might be normal right. stuff for me, but I tend to be a little bit more lackadaisical than you are. Right, right, and I'll report everything. Like, oh, geez, we think this is an incident. Holy cow. Here we go. Probably, you know, someone failed their login attempt. Are we sure it was them? Incident. Next thing you know, the FCC is being notified on every little thing. That could right. be a nightmare. It could. For, it both, could. for both sides. And then real stuff gets dropped because you're spending all your time reporting uh, suspe- suspected incidents. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There, there's got to there's be a balance to it. Um, but we can't, have, we can't have the regulation overimpose or overstep um, – I guess, reason, if that makes sense. If it becomes unreasonable, then people will find ways out of it and the good will get lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of (laughs) one of those things. It is what it is. Yeah. (sighs) So I think that's all I've got for that FCC article or the, uh, the Info Security Magazine article yeah so that's that's the info security uh let's see what's it info security dash magazine info security dash magazine.com they have some pretty good stuff i actually like that site Uh, and then of course last but not least (laughs) uh assistant director jen i think it's pronounced easterly it looks like it's pronounced yeah i think you're right uh she took over for the last guy that trump fired for whatever reason um, that yeah. was was that twenty one or twenty two? It's been a while. It be. It's been a while, but she took over, and she's been there since like twenty one, I believe. No, that well, yeah, he fired him in twenty, didn't he? Isn't that when it was that when the remember. election happened? I don't remember. But anyways, Jen Easterly is the CISA director, and she's really really smart. But sometimes they say things which, again, this is all perspective. You know, if you change. If you look through a different looking glass for each one, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So basically, uh, a quote from the Yahoo Finance article specifically says, we cannot have the same sort of attacks on hospitals and school districts that we've been seeing for years. And we agree, but that's not going to come from making software companies or hardware companies make sure that their product is more secure out the gate. No, no, it won't. So in, in my opinion, I still think the free enterprise model is a good one. So things like LastPass happening, yeah, we lost a lot of man. LastPass passwords. got on. 
Yeah, I mean, and they're probably wrecked as a company because they can't do what they were there to do, which was protect your credentials. But I, that, that kind of a thing, I mean, I think free enterprise is going to weed out the ones that can't, that can't handle yeah. securing their stuff. Because your company's going to fail otherwise, right? Yeah. Here's, and here's the, only, the only real blurb from it. So she, uh, Easterly goes on to say things like um, it should be on companies like Microsoft. And this is not a direct quote. So, you know, this is this is a summary in my my view of what she's saying. Companies like Microsoft and, you know, software company A, software company B should be held to a higher standard to make sure that their software is secure. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But then she says things like, um, we've accepted the fact that cyber safety is my job and your job and the job of my mom and my kid, but we've put the burden on customers or cu- uh, we've put the burden on consumers, not on the companies who are best equipped to be able to do something about it. Now, here's the only the only real issue that I have with that statement. I don't care how secure your environment is. When little Jane Doe at the front desk clicks the stupid link, <laughs> the system's compromised. I don't care how secure all of your stuff is. She, uh, the lady. It's that, always the human. It's always the lady that never gets invoices. That's never gets invoices. Invoice like I need to pay this. Yeah. 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 So, uh, it is our responsibility, Jen. It is our responsibility as end users. It is our responsibility as cybersecurity professionals, educators, things of that nature, to make sure that we keep preaching security awareness. We keep preaching right. a clean, healthy um, approach to you know cyber hygiene in general. And we teach people to question things. I don't want my people assuming the software is so secure that it's going to protect them from everything. I want their heads on a swivel. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, yeah, the, the individual, uh, individual consumers don't need to be nonchalant about their personal security either. Because um, I don't care how secure you make text messages. When they get that Amazon link, they're going to think it's theirs unless <laughs> they've been taught otherwise. Right. Ultimately, that, it is the end user that needs to be smart. Now, that being said, the Fortinet vulnerability where you could get administrative access straight into the box. Because of SSL services yeah because of ssl services or the actual admin one that was a month before we, oh, yeah. we went through two months we had two major and if for those of y'all that know me i'm a big fortinet person a cybersecurity company should never have bugs that blatant in their software so they should have paid closer care it is what it is but but that stuff happens i mean I don't but know it's that, still inevitable the, and they they fixed it like they, they fixed it yeah it's it's a little bit of a pain to patch the firmware of a, of a fortigate that's in production Mm-hmm. That's why UHA things. They, we build uh, architectures to support activities like that. Um, I, I don't like a, a lot of times with regulation comes fines and things like that. And I don't think companies need to start getting fined every time there's a vulnerability found because, geez, Louise, that'll shut these companies down. Yeah. Even like my, Microsoft. How many? How often are they, are they releasing patches for for security vulnerabilities? I mean, we call it Patch Tuesday. Because of that stuff. Every, yeah. I mean, and ultimately, it's the people that want features added rapidly. Yeah. That's, which that's the kicker. introduce yeah. the new bugs, right? That's the <clears> kicker. <throat> so that, that's going to slow down a lot of that. Um, and, and the companies that have any kind of risk aversion are going to halt all of the, the rapid development and, and that, kind of a, that kind of a mindset. The CIA triad is something that we have to wobble on. 
Yeah. You got to get the features out there to keep the people using it to keep yeah. pr- progress going, right? She did have one last quote that I actually agree with, but for different reasons than what she thinks. Um, or maybe she agrees and I took it wrong because I, I take any government official saying something <laughs> from a very specific Yeah, you always look person. at them askew. <clears throat> Cyber is a social good. I agree. It's about societal resilience. I agree. And my last message is that we need to fundamentally change the relationship between government and industry. <laughs> we sure do. Yeah. You're not, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, but I think, and I may be wrong, this is my opinion. Um, I kind of took that like maybe she thought that the government needs to have more say. Yeah, I'm And I'm thinking they need to back off and, and let people die. You need to have an overarching requirement that people are doing due care and due diligence based on their organization and their industry. Healthcare should be doing more than agriculture. Yeah, yeah. Finance should be doing more than plumbers and certain service models, right? Yeah. So, and when it comes to these technology companies, most of the large ones have those regulations put on them through agreements with their clients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ninety percent of any contracts that we've ever worked on either as consultants or as state agencies where we've put them out there. Yeah. We set the standard, which is usually a lot more strict than what the end company usually wants to do. Right. And uh, we hold them to it. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I just don't think regulation is the fix. I don't think it's the fix. I don't either. But it would be cool if we had someone like Jen on the podcast where we could talk to her about it. Heck yeah, dude. You want to send out an invite? I don't know. <laughs> the last guy I messaged got fired. <laughs> I might need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of today, man. Uh, cybersecurity regulation, the good and the bad of it. The good, it absolutely does make organizations that would otherwise turn an eye do more than they probably would have because normally they're going to try to cut as much cost as possible, right? Yeah. Uh, the bad is, is that it almost always leads to overreach and convolution the implementation of a convoluted profile that makes things work a lot slower and can make things worse it adds 30 steps and because of those 30 steps they never get done so they don't innovate so then life gets worse the in-between of it is it's probably a necessary evil that's obviously never going to go away until modern organizations or governments crumble and something new happens and that's that's one way to look at it but yeah but yeah man you're always going to have people that do the bare minimum. You're always going to have people that overreach. How do we find a happy medium? Anyways, we would love to hear your comments. Heck yeah. On all three of those articles, whether it be the uh, you know the Biden administration release talking about cybersecurity, uh, critical infrastructure, mm-hmm. cybersecurity improvements, which we are definitely on board with. Uh, we just worry about the term "critical" being updated to meet something that's opposite, yeah. you know meets their agenda, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, the next one is talking specifically about uh, uh, breach notifications. Breach notifications from telcos. Yeah. Again, we're totally on board with that. It can add a lot of noise, but we'd like to hear your opinions on that as well. And then, of course, uh, your thoughts or maybe your perspective on the article about uh, Jen Easterly from CISA and what she said and what she's taking the CES. Yeah, recording the that was industry. specifically yeah. her talking about some things that she's going to CES with. So, right, right. Which, again, perspective. There's like 900 different looking glasses to look at it. Yeah. And mine is very cynical. 
And if we're not looking at it right, I mean, if, we, if there are other better, if there are better ways to look at it, um, I think we invite looking into those mindsets a little. Absolutely. You know? Whether it be comments below where we can have some responses and, and go from there. So, yeah. but yeah, that's it from a uh, cybersecurity regulation standpoint. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we're going to keep doing these, and hopefully, you enjoy them. Yeah. Come so, do us a favor time. if you are watching this on YouTube. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and the notification bell if you haven't already. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, or any of the other services, we hope that you've enjoyed it and that you add us to your normal listening routine, even if it's just to hear us ramble <laughs> and mumble and complain about all the stuff that we do. So, But until next time, you guys stay safe. Thanks. <laughs>